The Vibes! Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. Moments here alongside BJ Armstrong as always. BJ, how you doing? Fantastic, bro. Real name, no gimmicks. <laughs> doing a little podcast, you know, you, you, you've been working real hard, you know, you've given us all of the... The, you know the the interviews you, you got Allen <laughs> Iverson this week well well well, well. I, I do have to say something because we missed yesterday's episode and that was okay. on me because as you guys know I interviewed Allen Iverson earlier this week um, but my good friends at the NBA were there when I did the interview and they enjoyed right. it so much they said let's reload it and they oh, invited wow. me to do another one in the words of the great DJ Carly, another one. <laughs> another one. <laughs> but that, that, that second one was great. We had an audience of some kids from Newham, which is a, a bar in London, uh, you know, a place in London where um, they've got a, a youth basketball team, junior NBA. So, you know, I was just helping facilitate AI, drop some knowledge for the next generation because that's what it's all about. It was a blessing. It was a true blessing. But, you know, we had a public transport strike, tube strike as well. So there was no oh, wow. underground trains, anything like that so trying to get uber was impossible so anyway we missed the episode but we're back and we've got a lot to talk about so we're going to real quick go through all the latest topics around the nba okay. get you guys up to speed no. some of these are very sad though because we're starting on a very low note chicago bulls guard lonzo ball will undergo a third surgery on his left knee and it's expected to cost him most if not all of the 2023 2024 season Oh, that's wow. optimistic of a procedure re reviving Ball's career. That is wow. devastating. That is absolutely devastating. Well, that, that, again, it's you know, Mo. It's uh, you know, it's very unfortunate because you know he's such a good player. He's a young player, but hopefully, whatever correction is needed, that you know, knock on wood, that this will be the one that will do it and. And we'll look back and say, you know what, it was it was tough, but he got through it. But Mo, it's not looking good now. So uh, hopefully, you know, he'll get through this uh, this period, uh, get the surgery that's needed. Hopefully, they'll correct it and he'll get back on the floor soon. Yeah, prayers up for Lonzo. Um, you know, and he and he was making so many strides to improve his game. You know, he changed his shot form, became a great, efficient shooter. His defense was elite. He had just signed with the Bulls, and they were in a great position before he went down. So, you know, fingers crossed that he gets back at it. Got some more news. ESPN sources: Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan is engaged wow. in serious talks to Ooh. sell a majority stake in the franchise to a group led by Hornets minority owner Gabe Plotkin. And Atlanta Hawks minority owner, Rick Schnall, or Schnell, I don't know. Michael Jordan giving up ownership of the Wizards, of the Wizards, of the Wizards, of the Hornets. What are your right. thoughts, BJ? Well, it's very interesting. And, you know, there's there's been no, you know, talk or chatter that you've been hearing behind the scenes of possibly signing. So, you know, that, that purchase that he did some years ago, talking about Michael, that was a very financially, I mean, he's done incredibly well. I mean, that's been an amazing opportunity, business opportunity for him. So, you know, I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, it's been, I think that was reported by Woj. Yep. So, you know, it's, you got to know there's something to it. So, you know, we'll see how it turns out, but uh, hopefully, 
you know, we'll, we'll get some clarity on that one, but that kind of hit everybody by surprise. So Michael Jordan bought the Charlotte Hornets for 275 million US dollars reportedly. Guess it's how much worth, they're worth now? <laughs> uh, it's probably worth around two billion or something. One point <laughs> I mean, seven billion dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I would say, I, 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 and 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 I, I would try. Uh, and if ahead. you're Michael Jordan and you wait for the draft, and somehow you luck into the first overall pick, and you get Victor, that valuation's going up even higher and higher because you're going to have the number one prospects yeah, in the uh, world on a contract for four years. Like I said, financially, he's done very, very well. I was trying to be nice and polite with it. It's been an extremely, extremely lucrative deal. <laughs> you know, Listen, that's when I say you know, secure the bag, that's exactly what he's got to do. Congratulations. Another yes, W for the GOAT. Um, another interesting thing that's for, uh, sweeping the NBA is the phenomenon of sports betting, which I believe is new in the USA this year. It's been around in the UK for time. Uh, Wizards guard Monte Morris says that sports betting has changed how fans heckle NBA players. Now you hear guys yelling, I need such and such for the parlay. They take the fun out of the game, like the love for that and every night. So even recently, uh, Terry Rozier put up a, a, someone put up a screenshot of Terry Rozier. They messaged him because he didn't score the amount of points they needed to win their bet. And he replies then in uh, maybe a more expressive language, but he said, I don't care about your bet. Um, what do you think about the sports betting going on? Because I personally do not bet. I have tons of friends who do. It's not something that I get involved with. Uh, but what, what's your take on this and how it's affecting the NBA? Well, it's been one of those things, Mo, that's been going on since the beginning of time. So as all of a sudden now, instead of it was something you never talked about, meaning, you know, that's sports has always been associated. With yeah, but, but am I right in thinking like, in the States, it's only now this season that you can use these betting apps and bet on this team, this team, this team, this well, team, so it's, or this it's player been brought, rebounds points. Well, it's just been brought to the forefront as far as legal, legally, you know, people are doing it. You know, states now here, you know, where it's, a, it's legal now, right? But mm -hmm. it's something that's been happening since the beginning, right? And, 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 you know, it's kind of one of those things you, you, you've you known about, but no one talked about. And now it's legal, it's kind of like, you know, you know, medical marijuana, you know, something no one <laughs> talked about. <laughs> but, but you had a you had an idea that maybe people might have been, you know, maybe, you know, May maybe, 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 maybe like that. You know what I mean? But now we oh, it's waiting. legal in some states. <laughs> we still wait. Yeah, you still wait. Yeah. So, yeah. But it is what it is, you know, and but it, it's so I don't think it's anything new. But again, it's just one of those things now that they're come to the forefront and there's a lot of business. So you're seeing a lot of, um, you know, these companies now really involved with sports in a way that you've never seen in, in prior years. Atlanta Hawks forward Bogdan Bogdanovich has agreed on a four year, 68 million dollar contract extension. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it, was, uh, <laughs> it, it feels to me like after seeing, you know, Kevin Her leave over the summer, they kind of regret that move, and now they're trying to keep their other shooter to stay on the roster. What do you think of that move for the Atlanta Hawks? It, it just I'm not sure what's going on down there in Atlanta. Because right I was, now. I was so thinking, I'm gonna wait and see. I was thinking that they were gonna maybe trade him, but because this season has been so disastrous, but they got a new coach. Um, Quinn Snyder obviously coached the Jazz, but they had the other Bogdanovich in Bojan, mm -hmm. hoping mm -hmm. it's not a, mm -hmm. a typo ever, and they think they've signed Bojan. Um, but 
you know, I'm I'm he's a player that fits the mold of the role players that Quinn Snyder likes to play with. If if I put it like that. So yeah, I, yeah, it just seems it just seems you know, coach Snyder just got there. They made this trade. They're not winning. Da 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 da. And then all of a sudden you announce a four-year extension. Very odd timing. However, maybe they know something and I'm going to assume they know something we don't know. And I know you're never supposed to assume, but it's certainly on the surface mm -hmm. here. Does it, doesn't, you know, I can't put all the pieces together. Yeah, and, and they had a change in their front office, right, earlier this season. Yeah, change in front office. You, I'm saying they had change in their front office, change head coach, underperforming, and then they do this. Okay, all right. Okay, I, all right. I'll, I'll wait till I see the entire picture before I, I, I comment about it, but certainly it's a very interesting, um, seems odd at the moment. Let's just say that. Did you watch? I watched one of the most fun endings to a game of the season recently. Um, the Chicago Bulls, DeMar DeRozan comes up the floor, hits a three pointer, gets fouled, four point play. Only for the most clutch player in the league right now, De'Aaron Fox, to walk down the other end, pull up for a three, and splash it in. BJ, what's the secret for these guys? Because De'Aaron Fox has been clutch all year long. What's the mentality? Take us inside the mentality when you get to the final stages of a game. And you've got to hit a shot. Did you ever have to take one of those shots? Because obviously I know you had Michael on your yeah, team. Yeah. Scotty you, on your team you take, did you yeah, ever you, have to take one of those shots? Yeah, you, you take those shots. And, and Listen, here's the thing. First, you have to have the confidence, okay? And comp, what is how do you gain confidence? That means you work on this shot thousands and thousands of times, okay? So De'Aaron Fox has obviously put in the work to have the confidence to make these shots. In watching mode, just with the eye test, he's got to be, if not one of, he's got to be the best fourth quarter player right now in the, in the entire NBA. He is the he, best fourth quarter player right now. I can say okay. that. Yeah, because right now he is coming up time and time again for the Sacramento Kings, and he's delivering. Mm -hmm. So the mentality is, one, you got to have the confidence to do it. And then, two, you got to live with the results. Because more times than not, you're going to actually fail than you, you know, it's impossible to do this 100% of the time, even 50% of the time. So you're going to probably, more than likely, you're going to fail more times than you make that shot. But you got to have the confidence to do it and live with the results. So what does that mean? You can't dwell on the fact when you miss that shot and then say, oh, man, I missed the shot going to, you know, you can't get too low when you lose a game and you can't get too high when you win it. So I just think having an even kill, putting in the work and then living with the results to me is the best way to approach that. And however it turns out, it turns out. But when you know you put in the thousands and if you put in the hundreds of hours that's necessary, the thousands of hours necessary to get to that point, then you feel comfortable doing it. And certainly Darren Fox is playing, I mean, he's playing spectacular this year. I would be so disappointed if he's not an all NBA player. Put it like that. I think yeah, he's been terrific. I think he has to Kings be. have been great. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been fantastic this year. Well, the Kings winning that game against the Bulls ended a 17-year losing streak as they got their 41st win of the season, securing wow. even if they lose all the rest of the games, they get at least a 500 record. Now before the season began, we thought the Kings would be good, but we didn't have them down as the third seed. 
they've exceeded, I think, even the highest expectations of them this year. Well, yeah, they've exceeded that. But, you know, give those guys credit. You know, Mo, I, I, I've... I've been pulling for the Kings. I think you secretly have been pulling for the Kings. You know, you know, I love it's my just Euros. great to see them. We got, we got yeah, big Sabonis you know, over there. Yeah, you know, Sabonis. <laughs> you know, it's been great to to watch these guys, to see these guys. But I mean, I'm gonna tell you what. It's it's just fun to see an organization. I think they had the longest tenure of not making the playoffs yep. in the entire NBA. For them to have this type of turnaround, I mean, it's been it's been a complete 180 for them. And it's been great to see. I think it's a really fun thing of lighting the beam. I think that's fun. They're playing the games. They're competitive. And you know what's you know what's really fun? When you watch a Sacramento Kings game now, you, you expect them to win. And they expect to win. And they're disappointed when they lose. So that's fun. It's fun to watch how they've really changed everything around there. But I have more a importantly, they have a good team. I have a very important question. If you watch the Kings games, you see the Kings fans. It's something that I've always seen, but never understood. What the hell is up with the cowbells that the fans have during the games? Oh, oh gosh. That's, it's, it's farm country up there. Is that why? They're all farmers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what they say. I think it's a Phil Jackson said, you know what? Uh, you know, it's call them farm or farmers up there. And they started bringing their cow, you know, they start bringing their cowbells up there, you know, so... I think it's just a fun thing up there. Good I really want to get out there for a playoff game. I'm going to yeah, try to get it, out there it, for it's, a playoff it's game. It's fun. They they have a good fan base up there. It's it's a good fan base. It's a great city. I've always enjoyed it. I think they've always had some of the best fans in the entire NBA up there. Always. It's always loud. Always, you know, they're, they're, it's a very, very exciting crowd up there. Let's put it that way. And they, mm -hmm. they're loud. Well, the Kings surpassed expectations. Here's an interesting thing about the Warriors that I read. Back in 2019, 2020, when they were tanking and, you know, they had a bunch of injuries to their guys, KD had just left, et cetera, et cetera. They won 22.6% of their games on the road. This mm -hmm. season, they've only won 20.5% of their games on the road, being the reigning champions. Mm -hmm. This road curse for the Warriors is insane. Steph Curry is fantastic. He put up 50 the other night. I think he's averaging like 30 a game on 50, 40, 90 splits. He's been absolutely sensational. But the Warriors, once again, we've got to talk about, you know, their performance on the road and why they can't get it done. Um, you know, when you look at the, the numbers, there's a lot in the number of offensive rebounds and free throws that they allow when they're on the road as to mm -hmm. being at home. So I wanted to ask you about those two factors. Um, how does rebounding change based on being on the road and being at home? Because I'm imagining free throws is explained by you get a more favorable whistle when you're at home because all the crowds behind you, referees don't want to disappoint, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what about the rebounds? Well, I'm going to get real technical here because this is a very uncharacteristic situation for the Golden State Warriors. We always associate them with discipline and and, and, and the way they execute on the road, defense, limited, limiting the opponent to one shot, so forth and so on. All of the things, all the characteristics you want in a winning basketball team. However, when you watch this team here, and I just happened to watch the game last night, you know, something stood out to me. When you defend, you have to defend without fouling. 
mm-hmm. and you have to have the discipline not to take long shots, right? Long shots and quick shots. And the Warriors have a reputation for, you know, as they should, as the best shooting team in, in, the, in, in the entire NBA. However, you have to have a certain level of discipline in the way you play on the road as compared to when you play, you know, at home. At home, you tend to have more energy. Your role players tend to play better. Your bench plays better. And you can feed off the, the, the energy of the crowd. So there's a, there's a, there's, when you watch them play, you, you, you say the following, this team doesn't defend without fouling, which forces them to play more five versus five. Okay. When you play five against five, you tend to shoot a lower percentage. Mm -hmm. When you play against a set defense, Sometime, if you don't have the discipline and so forth and so on, on the offensive end, you get a little impatient and you start to shoot quick shots, quick shots, long shots, get long rebounds, long rebounds, has poor transition defense. Well, yeah, this this is what I see with the team now. So now Steph Curry has 50. They win that game. You don't you don't you can't waste a 50 point effort. But how are they losing? They're losing because they can't stop the other team. And when they do stop them. They're, they can't stop them without fouling. So it's just a, it's been a bad year for them on the defensive end because you can tell they're trying. However, the personnel that they have, okay, they, and, and you, and you got to just call it like it is. They don't have Wiggins, who's a terrific defender. Andre Iguodala has been really, he hasn't played all year. And the players that they do have playing, and Gary Payton, really, who they traded for, is also injured. Yeah, and, and those guys, and they just they can't put a defensive group that can get three to four, or, or I should just say consecutive stops. So this is what you get, and they've gone to the formula of trying to outscore you. However, they're not panicking, but you can see they're trying. But they sometimes Mo, you just got to say we don't have the personnel to do it. Last night, Mo, I saw them go to a zone for some stretches during the course of the game. So again, you know, th- this is just what, what you see. It is what it is. And, and, and you know, you, you have to say it, this is who they are right now. And then they're just trying to figure that out. Yeah. It's interesting because the, the shot profile of the looks that they give up is roughly the si- very similar when they're at home, and when they're on the road, but when they're on right. the road, teams are just burning them from three, the percentage that teams shoot from three point land is I think it was like eight percent lower when they're in the or not in the Oracle in the Chase Center than it is mm-hmm. when they play anywhere else. So that's really interesting to me. The differing in factors. Do you remember back in what was it, twenty twenty? Was it twenty twenty when we first started doing shows when Philly right. had like the best home record in the league and won like twelve road games all year long? Right. And and and, and listen, here's the mindset: playing at home is totally different than playing on the road. Personally, I enjoy playing on the road more than I like playing at home because it's a it's a greater challenge. It's a different style. It requires more discipline. It requires you to protect the ball and and not have turnovers. It requires you to actually have to execute a little bit. You can't rely on the the energy of the crowd to get you in the game when things aren't going well. You can't re- we, you know, you, you tend to be a little bit more aggressive at home. Mm-hmm. So 
I tend to think, I tend to think it is a bigger mental challenge to be able to play and silence the crowd. Yeah. There's nothing more I I enjoy than silencing the crowd on the road because it requires you to not only just have the the physical toughness, you got to have a mental toughness that requires you to say, okay, I can't just shoot a good shot. I got to turn down a good shot to get a great shot. I got to turn, I got to make every play and play through the mistakes. And that takes mental toughness. You have to actually understand personnel because when you're playing against a team at home, they're going to have better normal. Normally they'll have better energy. So mm-hmm. to me, it's a much greater challenge to do that. And the most important thing Mo, is you have to play a brand of basketball that translates on the road. And, and that to me is the biggest thing. A blended about, brand of basketball. Now you're talking my language. Mo. Now you're talking <laughs> my language. That's one of the BJ Armstrong catchphrases. <laughs> Mo, Mo. Now you're talking. So, yeah, you shoot the three at home. You come down, shoot a three. The crowd goes crazy. The, the coach calls timeout. You're feeling good. The popcorn's popping. The cheerleaders are going crazy. Everyone's screaming your name. Okay, Bo, you're on the road, though. You can't just come down and do that. Mm-hmm. You just can't do that. So, again, it takes exactly that, Mo. There has to be a little blended brand, you know, you, you do that when you have momentum on your side, but you also got to say, okay, I can get that shot anytime. And you got to play. Listen, if you're going to win, you better understand what you better understand that. And right now the warriors, they understand it, but you got to execute it too. So, mm-hmm. and right now they just can't do it, man. Let's see what happens in the postseason. That's really intriguing. Today, March Madness tips off. Um, who's your pick to win it all? If you're just asking me without looking, I would say Alabama. They look like the they look like the best team. But again, it's it's a one game elimination. Anyone can get upset. Teams are going to get upset. The the crowd, the fans. I, I mean, Arizona just lost to Princeton. So. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Anybody could, anybody could, anybody could win this thing. So, but if you're saying just off the cuff, Alabama certainly looks like the best that team. That was my pick. But too. remember, but remember, Bo, and to win this tournament, you got to be perfect. You got to go six and zero, okay? And only mm-hmm. one team is going to go six and zero. So, mm-hmm. your your choice of who's going to go six and zero is just as good as mine. But if you're asking me, I would say that's who I would pick. No doubt. Well. We're going to miss a couple episodes this weekend. I don't know if you're around this weekend, but we can try to get a couple more in for the listeners. Some weekend listening. Weekend listening. And uh, we'll keep the podcast rolling. Apologies for the missed episodes this week. It's been hectic, but I promise it'll be worth it. We've got 45 minutes of Alan Iverson for you coming up next week. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. Notification bell, all of that. Review, rating, leave five stars, all that good stuff. And most importantly, until next time, you know the vibes. Get buckets.